You're listening to Episode 9, This is 40, Part 2. Hello, darlings, and welcome to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast with your girl, your host, Portia Scott. This is a podcast with the mission to inspire and empower you to take your life off autopilot, optimize the power of your uniqueness, and execute intentionally in every area of your life. Hello, darlings. This is episode nine, and I cannot believe it. So next week's episode will be our last episode of the season. Um, And my goal is to have at least 100 listens before the end of season one. And so in order to do that, I need your help. And I am asking if you would share the podcast with just two of your friends, we will be there in absolutely no time. Also, if you haven't had the opportunity to rate the podcast or leave us a review, you can do that on iTunes. If you don't use iTunes, don't worry, because there is a link in the show notes that will take you directly to our iTunes page. You can drop a rating, drop a review, and then return back to your favorite podcast platform. So as we go into season two, I want to hear from you We want to know who do you think that we should interview? What topics do you want to hear covered? This is our podcast, our community. So I want to hear from you. Uh, You can stay in touch with us. You can send us an email at hello at PortiaScott.com or on Instagram at I am Portia Scott. So we're going to jump into this episode. And at the beginning of this season, um, I mentioned that I would tell you a little bit about how John and I met. So in this episode, I have a co-host with me. Say hello, co-host. Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> Am I a co-host or a house guest? You're a co-host today. You're not really oh, a house guest. So I get to ask because, questions? Because I'm not interviewing you. We're kind of doing this together. Oh, got it. So Thank you. Cool. We have John Henry in the house today. That'd be me. And we'll talk a little bit about my about our story. But more importantly, I think I wanted to really talk about the culture of marriage and Uh our marriage particularly. So listen, 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 listen for all my single, divorced, complicated friends, whatever it is, don't turn this episode off because we all have relationships. And in each and every one of those relationships, they have a culture, whether or not you have an intentionally set one. It has happened. And the best way to establish those cultures that you want is to be intentional about it. But the way you talk to each other, the way you respond to conflict, the unspoken expectations, all of that is culture. Fully agree. And so let's go ahead and get started. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was how we met. So do you want to tell the story? There's the truth. Mm -hmm. There's your (laughs) account and then there's my account okay but the elevator is that you were in the army mm-hmm. and you were on your second tour of duty in Iraq and I was in Iraq working as a defense contractor you saw me you were smitten by me I saw you it was love at first sight um, a series of events leveraging chain emails and random bumping into one another and then we had spanish food did on a you, tuesday did you say i saw you and i was smitten with you yes that's not 
completely. That's why I said there's your account, my account. Okay, so you're telling your account moderately. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so we had Spanish food. We had Spanish food. I told you everything bad. I went on a second date. We had Baskin Robbins, and I kind of told you you were going to marry me. Uh, fast forward seven and a half, eight months, and we were married. Boom. That was a really, really good depiction of it. Like, that was pretty much the elevator, <laughs> yeah, of it. That was good. I would say that, um, I wouldn't say it was, I don't think it was like love per se at first sight. But For me, it, but well, when not I at first sight, but it, when very, I noticed you, like I saw you, but when I noticed you, mm-hmm. it was love at first sight, literally. Literally. So first date, Spanish food. That's right. I went home and I knew that I was going to be madly, deeply in love with you and that I would marry you and spend the rest of my life. That's the truth. That's not game. I know. People aren't going to believe that, though. But I guess. We've been I, married almost 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah. And literally we courted for eight months. Like eight you months. said, seven and a half to eight months. Um, it was on the second date, though. You didn't tell me the first date that we yeah. were going to get married. It was that second day Correct. at uh, Baskin, Baskin Robbins, Robbins yeah. and we had Subway. Remember? And I used to cut my six inch into like a three inch and mm-hmm. eat it that way. Mm-hmm. And that was when you told me that you were going to marry, that we would know what you said was, when's a good month to get married? Yeah. August mm-hmm. or September? And I was like, August? But I thought that was a little weird because that was like our second date. But... I kept going along with it. Actually. Yeah, I didn't think it was weird. I, I I knew, right? And I think that it was absolutely necessary that we knew what we were working towards, right? And I think that when you start thinking that, that set the stage for the culture of our relationship, our friendship, our marriage, how we raise our children, how we interact in business and how we serve people is that we we were pretty clear on what the objective was mm-hmm. um, and how we got there is the, the, the beauty of the journey. But as long as we were clear on what we were working towards, I think that set the stage for um, yeah. us to kind of navigate through the peaks and the valleys. I will say that at the beginning of our relationship, like we were extremely, extremely honest. Mm. You know, I remember that day in the Pajero when, like you said, you told me all the bad stuff. And then I just kind of like put your head like on my bosom. And I was yes. like, you know what? It's going to be, it's fine. It's going to be okay. No, what you said was that none of that matters. That's, That's what, what you I said. said. You none said of, none of that matters. None of that yeah. matters. And um, and so that was kind of you telling me your bad stuff. And then I remember we would go back to the subway mm-hmm. that following day mm-hmm. or that following night. And mm-hmm. I would kind of then tell you all my bad <laughs> correct all my bad stuff and i remember you were saying that um had this been a couple of years prior like i wouldn't have been able to handle that yeah but now none of that matters yeah. so you kind of yeah. said the same thing and i think that what that did was it opened up the opportunity for both of us to be vulnerable mm-hmm. in our relationship and mm-hmm. so that was at the very beginning. So being able to have this vulnerability, this honesty, and this trust with one another is, is, is I think, is pivotal in really the core foundations mm-hmm. of our marriage. Because being able to kind of tell those secrets mm-hmm. or, you know, this is who I am mm-hmm. and opening up, it's almost like, 
Well. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking the reason why it was easy to have that conversation with you is because I had already had that conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times we approach relationships, whether they're platonic or romantic, is that we don't know how to talk about some of those challenging things. And so we enter into different agreements or different relationships knowing that they're there, even if we have the desire to have those conversations, but we don't know how because we've never heard ourselves really utter or articulate what it is that, you know, we, we may or may not want to share with someone. Mm-hmm. Like I know with you, I was always very, very honest and very, very open from the beginning. And I think one of the things is, is that, you know, when I went over to Iraq the second time, I never imagined that I would find my husband, Mm. that I'd be married, that any of that would come out of it. But I think when I met you, and like you said, we were working towards that. So I wasn't working necessarily towards you just being my boyfriend Mm -hmm. or just being this but I was literally like okay we're working towards marriage Mm -hmm. so there's some things that need to be established and for me you know this is that I'm like I'm extroverted and I love people Mm -hmm. but I am introverted I guess in a way or I wouldn't even say is introverted but can be closed off to the vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. that I have. I haven't always been open in some of my friendships, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that I have been, you know, with you. But I think that our friendship has kind of taught me how to be a better friend in that way. You know what? I think it's so cool because I'm just now realizing is that that's where the balance comes in, right? I'm the yin to your yang and vice versa. So I am more open and transparent um, externally. However, internally, I'm more reserved. So you're the life of the party, but then you won't be as transparent. That's right. Me, on the other hand, I'll be fully transparent but I'm. You take me to a party. I'm running to the corner, and I'm gonna try to hide and wonder if anybody's gonna talk to me because I'm not gonna talk to them. Right. So that it is. works. <laughs> <laughs> That's so very true. We talk about that all the time. I, I think I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, your partner or you know, especially in marriage, like your partner shouldn't be your best friend. And I, I think what they're trying to say is that you sh- you need other friends. I think mm-hmm. that's what they're trying to say. But I would have to disagree that I think that the person that you spend the most time with, that you live with, that you do life with, that that person should be your best friend. Mm. It should be the person that you trust mm. really the most, mm. right? Like you share this space there's some things that that only you know that mm. I do. There's some quirks that only you know mm. in the kids. But, <laughs> but mm. you know, how, what do you think about kind of that? Yeah, I think I, I fully agree with that, right? But I think that's something that you've got to progress into. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is only made possible through, like, self-awareness, self-work, mm-hmm. Um I think a lot of times maybe this is being a bit stereotypical, but sometimes men, we have a difficult time doing that. 
mm-hmm. within the context of relationships, especially romantic relationships. Um, not because we don't have self-worth, but it's just being able to kind of put the pieces together or articulate the complexities that exist internally. And so sometimes when we try to, when, when we show up, we've got these, okay, I can do this with my boys and I could talk to my boys about this, but then my lady, she can't necessarily handle this, or I can talk to my lady about this, but my boys can't handle this. And so I agree that yes, you should have that within the context of your marriage. I or or a relationship that's serious, where whoever your life partner is, you should be able to have ninety nine percent full trust, honesty, and transparency. I reserve the one percent because I think that there's some things that should just we be between just you and God. You know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But, but um, I, I do think that you need your boys and you need your girls mm-hmm. as well. Sometimes to kind of work through certain things on how to have the conversations, yeah. you know. So I got my boy, and that there are some things that I may not necessarily know how to say. But I could just throw it on Thomas, and Thomas say, help me at least hear myself so that I can have that conversation. So, yes, with the caveat, with the caveat. Okay. Do you think that, because you talked about men, right, and mm. we don't want to, like you said, stereotype everyone, but is there a level of, if I share this, um, I guess there's two parts to this question. One is, if I share this, does that do something for my masculinity? Mm-hmm. Like, does that, will that put me in this mm-hmm. vulnerable state? Will that make me, you know, take away my masculinity? Or how will she look at me when mm-hmm. she hears this particular thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we all, all, all of us kind of do it and, you know, now it's becoming different, but I definitely remember like men not crying mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can't cry. And so you put on kind of this face, this mask, mm-hmm, yeah, this mask. And it's like, no, that doesn't bother me, but it really does. Mm-hmm. So I guess one is, do you think some of the reason, obviously not everybody, but I guess you could speak to your, for mm-hmm. yourself that sometimes the reason may be how will that other person handle this Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know it's interesting for me because I if I look through the lens of my own life my own story I don't have that story Mm -hmm. right that's not my story Mm -hmm. I will talk to you about anything before I talk to any other person that breathes Mm -hmm. without necessarily being concerned about how you would view me or look at me likely because I'm so grounded in one, the love that we've been able to build, but then also like I, I, I'm cool with me. Like I love me. And so how people view me and their perceptions of me does not impact how I love me. Right. But for most men, if we look culturally in terms of where culture tells us our worth comes from, then how we're viewed, 
whether or not people accept us, whether or not we are meeting a certain standard of masculinity, our ability to do what culture depicts or defines uh, around manhood or masculinity, yeah, sometimes that that impacts uh, how people, how we communicate and how we show up and express who we are and what's inside. It's funny that you said that because you are like that. Like, that's one of the things that, like, I just, I admire is the fact that, like, you really are secure in who you are. And I'm not going to say, I think some things may, like, shake you a little bit, but you're very quick to be like, this is who I am, and I know I'm giving the best. And if you're not receiving that, then that's your issues. Like, mm-hmm. however you may feel about me, and, and you've, I mean, you've been able to manage that, but I have to be completely honest mm-hmm. is that sometime I, you shared first, right? When mm. we met each other, you were the one that was very open mm. about it. And I think it may come from like you had been married before. Mm. And so you were pretty much even at the same point that I was, we didn't plan like, oh, we're going to find somebody and be married. And mm. none of us, we weren't, we were like on our own tracks. Yeah. And so, but I think because you had been married before and you kind of went into this, like we're going into this for the result of marriage is that you had exposure and experience that I didn't have. So you Mm -hmm. were very, very open. And Mm -hmm. when you were open, that's what kind of was like, oh, I can be open. But I can't honestly say that like I would have been open as quickly Mm -hmm. as, I did, but it was really you pushing, like you opening up that Mm -hmm. made me say, oh, it's okay Mm -hmm. if I open up. But Mm -hmm. I did have that, you know, what would he think? Even though he shared it with me, what would he think? Because Mm -hmm. you and I talk a lot about capacity Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. what your capacity is. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of the things that I did not have the capacity for was for anybody to put their hands on Mm -hmm. me. Like that was something that I knew I didn't have (laughs) the capacity Mm -hmm. for. Right. So like, if you had told me that you were like a woman abuser, then I would probably be like, yeah, buddy, Mm -hmm. you know, that probably wouldn't happen, but Mm -hmm. it, it does sometime like, what are they going to think about Mm -hmm. me when I share this? Yeah. You know, what helps me is, um, one, yes, I, uh, to a small degree, maybe 10% is that I have been married before. So what that did was that let me know I was very clear on my Mm non-negotiables, but then I also had learned about what, of, of how to show up or how I would show up in a marriage as a husband. It shifted from this uh, archaic approach of what a husband should be to one uh, of I get this opportunity to serve this woman and serve my future family and things like that as opposed to growing up in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and things like that. So that was one. But the second thing is I grew up living my life for the applause of others. And I remember talking to one of my therapists and my therapist said to me, he said, John, you know what you need is you need a good failure in your life. And what that did was that shook me to my core because it allowed me to understand that I had associated love with the applause of others. And so the cool thing about it is after I kind of start thinking through it, 
I realize that the and people say this, but it's true because I live there. The same people that will applaud you, that will tell you how amazing and awesome and magnificent you are, as long as you're marching to the beat of their drum, then it's good. But when you pivot and you are human and you have a human experience that results in a mistake or something, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes, for different reasons, those same people will crucify you. They will put you in the grave. And after walking through an experience like that, I made a decision that I will never allow the external perceptions or expectations or applause or criticisms of others to determine how I show up. So if you applaud and say, John, you're amazing, you're awesome, that's don't nice, that's that. cool. You know, I don't marry that. So if they say, John, you suck and you're, you're trash, you that's fine that too. Either. I don't marry that either. Mm -hmm. It's Adia Forest to me. Mm -hmm. That's good. So one of the things that you had mentioned was kind of like our non-negotiables. And yeah. I think that because we were so open, we did talk about these non-negotiables or the capacity that we had to love. And I think it's important because sometime we're like oh I have the capacity to handle everything mm -hmm. and that's just not true mm -hmm. I think especially in the beginning of a friendship in the beginning of a relationship you know there's some things that I was like I don't think I have the capacity for this mm -hmm. because of an experience that I had before mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. I think that now when I think about some things I'm like oh that some things may shift mm -hmm. as you grow in love, Correct. right? Because things change. I've changed. I'm not the same 25 year old. Mm -hmm. I'm 40 years old. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> and so there's, there's, there's different things, but we talked about those non-negotiables. Um, and sometimes you don't know everything, right? Yeah. But it's important to, to kind of talk about that. And I think not just in marriage, but in relationships, yeah, yeah, in yeah. business relationships, yeah, yeah, yeah. in your career, yeah, yeah. you know, when you're going for a job. That's why culture is so important, right? Exactly. Because, because you grow and you learn and you discover. And, and as we're growing, our beliefs are, are shifting and expanding and things like that. But if we set the stage of these core cultural tenets right. of any relationship that we're in, mm -hmm. then that becomes the anchor that allows us to, to give grow. one another grace enough to grow. That's right. So what are one of the core tenets that you would say in our marriage? What's a core tenet in our marriage that has just been kind of the, the foundation? The Oh, honesty. Mm -hmm. Honesty. Hands down. Honesty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brutal honesty sometimes, yeah, but so honesty. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Yeah, because you are very honest. Like, it's not that I lie or anything like that, but it's just that, like, your honesty is on another level. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> because it's, the, the, the thing is, right, because you know how I am. So, like, you dwell among them according to knowledge, right? So mm -hmm. you know how I am. I'm a little more sensitive. I'm a little more emotional mm -hmm. than you are. And not because I'm the female, but just that that's how I am. Mm -hmm. in, in a lot of my relationships, I in the bonus episode, I talked about yeah, being compassionate emo. and kind. I'm kind of emo as You well. are. You are. But, like, you will just be really honest. And so my honesty is more of a layered approach, <laughs> right? So my honesty is more of like the sandwich, right? Like, oh, you know, you're amazing at this. 
but that one time when you had mm-hmm. said this, that hurt me. I would like for this to change. And then I go back in mm-hmm. with like, you know, some more encouragement. Mm-hmm. You are like, well, you know, when you said this, this is it. And I didn't like it. And that's it. And it's not, I don't want to say it in a mean way, but mm-hmm. it's just so brutal. Like it is honest, but it is very much like this is, this is how I feel. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, if I'm being honest, <laughs> Sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? Because True. how you say what you need to say can determine how it lands. That's right. And I don't always get it right. Sometimes I get it right and sometimes I totally blow it. And so that's an area of my life that I have to be intentional and I'm continuing to grow in, right? I want to be honest, but I don't want to be rude. Right, right. And I think that there is a very fine line that we've got to kind of manage and I think a lot of it comes with well not I think I know that a lot of it comes with knowing um uh who your partner is in in a relationship and if I say this this way it can land this way Mm -hmm. so as like we're almost 14 years in the marriage Mm -hmm. and so as we continue to grow then I would think that now I am more thoughtful than I was you are 10 years ago you are um sometimes I still just like yeah because in my mind right I don't think <laughs> that it's gonna land a certain way I could have it, it, it so sometimes I might say something like baby you probably shouldn't wear that dress like right. I mean that fine but I don't mean it but it lands to, completely to hear wrong. something else you right. know it's so sometimes we just gotta push pause so I love the fact that I am honest I am continuing to work on how Your I convey that. Yeah, my delivery. So one of the things, because you talked about it, is really how we have learned how to handle a big like conflict in our marriage, mm-hmm. right? So I think one of the things that we had the opportunity for, and other people may be like, I cannot do that, but when we initially got married, mm-hmm. I was living in North Carolina. Like mm-hmm. I came back from Iraq. I was in North Carolina because I was still in the military, but you were still overseas. Mm-hmm. And so for what, two years of our marriage, mm-hmm. we lived separate. Two different you were, countries. Yeah. yeah. You were in Iraq and I was in the States. And so we had to learn how to communicate effectively mm-hmm. because you can't see body language. Mm-hmm. You can't, I don't think we had no, there was no FaceTime yeah, no face or timing and Skype, Skype was shoddy with, yeah, the, with the Wi-Fi where you were. Dial up. Anybody remember dial up? Yeah. Shout out. Rest in peace. Dial up. So, so what you said is what I heard. Yeah. You know, there were, I, I couldn't read between the lines. We had emails and you know how emails kind of work mm-hmm. out when you're, you know, when you're frustrated. So, uh, one of the great things I think is that I'm so grateful that we actually did live apart because it did make us communicate, like mm. really, really communicate, not re- not just mm. say words and hope that you got them. Mm. And one of the tools that, you know, and I can't even remember if it came out of like just therapy or, or weird, but when someone says something that offends someone mm-hmm. else that we always give an opportunity to stop that person Mm -hmm. or after it's done and say, this is what I heard you say. Mm -hmm. And it gives the person that opportunity Mm -hmm. to say, that's exactly what I meant. Mm -hmm. Or I meant to say that I did not mean to say it that way. Like that time when I said I wanted a divorce, I was thinking about (laughs) a divorce. 
Yes, like that time you said you were you you wanted a divorce. Yeah, and then, I was like, I've been thinking about a divorce, and she came back. She said, "Me too." And I was like, I'm, I'm just playing. I didn't mean that. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I didn't mean that. I was just trying to scare. Exactly. But the, <laughs> but we, <laughs> the joke was on you because we don't play. We don't play. But but I think it is important <sighs> that like if I say something or if I do something that like you said, I didn't mean for it to land that way, mm-hmm. but it landed completely wrong. Yeah. Instead of just withdrawing or just coming right back at me you usually will say, babe, that like that hurt because this is what I felt you said. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, being a a mom is huge. Mm-hmm. It's it's so important to me. And so if you were to say something and I felt like, wait a minute, are you questioning mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. I mother? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's been times where like, that's not even what you meant, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll go back and I'll say, John Henry, I heard what I heard was that you said mm-hmm. I was a bad mom mm-hmm. or I wasn't doing the things that I should do as a mom. Mm-hmm. And you'll say that was completely yeah. right because we see. The or I would say, why would you even assume I would ever that's say you, something like that? Yeah. That's that's what that's, that's my go to. You say it's like I would never say anything like that. Yeah, that's yeah. usually what what you do say is yeah. like, why would you think that? I would mean to say something that is, you know, like yeah. offensive that yeah. way. To but you. even that is, it, even even that I've got to watch that, right? Because mm-hmm. I got to, I have to be very careful that I don't discount how you felt, because that's what's important. It's not necessarily what I meant; it's how it landed and how you received it, and that's where we've got to go and we've got to manage that. And I think that requires a degree of humility. And come in and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I didn't mean this, but your feelings are valid. Yeah, I remember, um, and not with just you and I, but one time um, uh, a really, really good friend of mine, and she'll know if she's listening, but I just don't want to say her name, but um, she had come to me and she said, you know, Portia, you said this, and this is what it made me feel like. And I was like... Wow. Mm-hmm. I, and it, it was kind of that thing was that, you know me, mm-hmm. I would never say anything like that to you. Mm-hmm. Like you're so important to me. I would never say anything like that to you. And I think we talk a lot about you give up your right to be heard. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think for me, yeah, you've got to forfeit your right to be heard so that you can hear. Yeah. And so I think for me, it didn't matter how, it wasn't for me to kind of combat and mm-hmm. say, well, this is what I, no, no, no. You know, I pushed pause and I had to apologize and say, I apologize if that's how you felt. That is absolutely not what I meant. But if what I said made you feel that way, that relationship was more important to me than getting my point out, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, like it wasn't even important anymore why I said it. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that I said it I had heard a friend and I wanted to get it right because that friendship meant a lot to me. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think that's important. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, honesty, kind of our core tenants. Um, And one of the things that, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about was just as we get busy, Mm -hmm. right, as we get busy in our marriages, as we get busy in our relationships, it is very easy 
to kind of actually put our relationships on the back mm-hmm. burner, right? I'm so busy with the kids. I'm so busy with my life. I'm so busy with this new business. I'm so busy with my career that we don't really, that we almost stop investing mm-hmm. in the relationships that mm-hmm. matter. And so uh, many of you guys know or don't know, but my husband travels maybe 75% of the time. He's not just traveling domestically. He's out of the country a lot of times the time zones are 12 and 14 hour differences. So Mm -hmm. on those trips, we're talking like maybe once a day, you know, Mm -hmm. we're usually we talk a whole lot. Mm -hmm. We we spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. And so can you talk about how, how do we balance that? How do we balance our relationship and keep that intact with, with just busy lives because yeah. it happens. Yeah, I think it's it's it, so so two things. One, it's the stage we are at in our marriage, mm-hmm. right? Uh, early on, it would have been extremely difficult for us. Well, no, not not necessarily because we spent the first two years living in different countries, mm-hmm. right? But I think that once we came together and at my the way I travel now we didn't have yeah. kids when we had started a family then I came home mm-hmm. but um, so I can't use that but I will say it goes back to that keyword that you said in terms of investing mm-hmm. and so investing is intentional and one of the key things is you've got to understand the rhythm of an investment is that sometimes you don't see immediate returns but you keep doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like sowing a seed. And so as you invest, you've got to be completely intentional at that. And one of the things that I think about is that we've got to understand that moments matter. Sometimes moments what happens is that people assume that investing in a relationship is that, oh, we've got to go on a massive vacation or holiday somewhere, right. or I've got to get my money together so I can take you to a fancy restaurant or to the movies or something like that. But one of the things that's a core tenant in our, co- in our marriage, the culture of our marriage, is that we understand that moments matter. And this yeah. happened early on in our marriage uh we were going to a restaurant shout out to oh charlie's we were going to oh charlie's and in my mind i'm thinking okay we're just going to go to lunch and then you said this we were married like one year at the time it was early on had it been a year she was like this is a date i was like oh this is a date that's what this is but even then that helped to set the culture of our marriage and so now if you fast forward knocking at 14 years over the last several years the journey has been when we're up in the morning brushing our teeth anytime we are together those moments are a date those moments are an opportunity we get to invest in our relationship right Um, when we're in the bed uh, having the five-minute conversation before you fall asleep and I switch on the news, that's a date. That's a moment that matters. When we're having coffee in the morning, that short little 13 minutes before we got to go wake the kids up, that's a date. When we get to drop the kids off at school and 
drive back home together before we start working and going to meetings and conference call all those things are a date some of the so it's the informal things yeah, right yeah. that matter so most so much but we also have the formal things yeah so it's not just leaning on the formal things where date night is here and we're gonna do this here it's a it's a healthy balance that mm -hmm. I think is unique to the dichotomy of every relationship that says, okay, I've got a balance between informal and formal, and you discover your rhythm. Yeah. That's what culture is. Yeah, I think it's so important is that you talk about discovering your rhythm and that um, the moments matter. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the groundwork. So I think, like, now we're in Tulum. It's beautiful. We've gone to see the mm -hmm. underground caves, and we've swam in the caves, and we've gone and repelled into them and we've gone to see the ruins and we've had these spectacular dinners mm -hmm. um and while it's been needed because it's been a while since you and i were able to get away mm -hmm. you know by ourselves without the children traveling with us but it is those same moments Absolutely. like you said when you come and bring me coffee Correct. and that has always been the culture of our marriage like you said is moments matter mm -hmm. and so taking those small moments so then when we get here you know when we get here we're like oh this is amazing because we don't have anything to do but mm -hmm. hang around mm -hmm. each other but like you said it's not in those big trips and, and it's amazing and this is wonderful and I thank you so much for my birthday trip but it really is in those moments mm -hmm. when you may not be able to mm -hmm. take a big trip mm -hmm. but you say you know what let's watch something together mm -hmm. let's hold hands let's mm -hmm. get on the mm -hmm. floor and mm -hmm. have a picnic mm -hmm. let's do these small things it's the together yeah. it is the investment and mm -hmm. that has always been you know the culture of our marriage mm -hmm. has always been that one, we're gonna be honest, mm -hmm. that we're gonna be friends. Mm -hmm. And I think it is in that friendship that has helped us into the rocky times that we've had mm -hmm. is that there are some things that as my husband or as a partner, we are so used to doing or saying mm -hmm. that I may not say as a friend. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometime, and this is really going back the reason why I do feel like partners grow into this to become best friends because when you sit back there are some things that you will say to your husband that you would ne or your spouse or partner whatever mm -hmm. that you will never say to your best mm -hmm. friend mm -hmm. because you almost sometimes we hurt the ones closer mm -hmm. to us or we feel like oh I could just say that and mm -hmm. that's nothing but there's a respect that comes through our friendship mm -hmm. that when the relationship as husband and wife was mm -hmm. rocky, we still had that friendship to mm -hmm. lean on. Mm -hmm. So we could still be kind to one mm -hmm. another. We could mm -hmm. still, you know, be upset, but mm -hmm. knowing I'm not gonna cut him mm -hmm. or her below the belt because mm -hmm. I can never come back from mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. So totally I think um, as we're just talking about this, what would be your one piece of relationship advice that you would give as people are trying to establish the culture in their marriage and their relationships. What is like one bit of advice serve. that you would give? Serve, yeah. serve. That's the, I, I think that's, that is the, the greatest thing that we can bring to any relationship is service. If I view everything through the lens of service, then it automatically puts 
my wants and my selfish uh, innuendos to the back burner. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to appreciate the gift of the relationship. That's the key is that if we view any type of relationship that I'm in as a gift, then there's a degree of honor. There's a degree of respect that comes with it. And it's not that I got to, but it's that I get to. And so that would be my advice is look for ways every day, every moment to serve those you are in relationship with. That's good. I think we're going to wrap this up. Wrap it up. Thank you so much for being, thank you so much for being a co-host with me today. Um, As always, we end every show with this declaration. Waking up is automatic. Showing up is intentional. Today, we will show up. Show up. Thank you again for spending time with me today and listening to the Wake Up and Show Up podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe so you never miss a show. Leave us a five-star review and share with a friend or foe. You can follow us on Instagram at I am Portia Scott, Facebook at I am Portia Scott. Until next time, go impact the world. <laughs>